Hello, listeners. On this show, I talk with everyday African Americans who are able to transform their passions and struggles into their dreams. I'm your host, Moses Tillman Young, and welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. Listener, a heads up. I just want to let you know that the first half of this episode was recorded on a microphone that I didn't know was connected at the time. However, it sounds like I'm talking on the telephone. So if you hear that telephone kind of sound to my voice, your phone isn't broken. Don't worry. I just want to let you know that the first half sounds like that, and the second half sounds more normal. And I caught it just in time for the good parts. So make sure that you tune in for the entire episode. In this episode, I interview Sharia Stallings. She is the founder and managing director of She Soars LLC, a Manhattan-based organization that helps women launch their dream businesses the right way. In our conversation, Sharia and I discuss what she calls the new economy that is relationship-based rather than monetary. And then we go off on a tangent talking about a recent book she read called The Archer and the Principles That It Teaches. We then close out the conversation giving an example of the new economy that you can start using today. With me on the Black Gold Podcast, I have Sharia Stallings, who lives in New York, and she has an organization called uh, She Soars LLC, where she helps women get started in business and get started in just finding the path to fulfill their dreams. And today, Sharia is going to be talking about an idea of yours. That's called the new economy. Can you introduce what she soars is? And can you then speak about that new economy? Sure, absolutely. So thank you so much, Moses. First, it's, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on your show. It is a privilege and it just thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And so my name is Sharia Stolings. I am the founder and managing director of She Swords LLC. We are a transformational leadership and professional development organization that helps all our participants to remove the limits. We also identify blind spots that create barriers to their success. We are into building a last a lasting legacy, mastering the art of multiplicity, and Moses just ultimately winning in life. And so we deal with the total person, personally, professionally, and spiritually for us to just soar. And so going back to the new economy, usually when someone asks, what is this thing? What is the new economy. When people think of economy, they think of money, right? They think of finances. However, one of the things that I ask people to be a little bit more open about to understand that we really live in a relational economy. It is indeed relationships are the new economy. We have to understand the principles of relationships. We are all relational beings. The command to be fruitful is a very serious command, and it doesn't only mean children. Everything, Moses, everything is multiplied through relationships. Our businesses, our jobs, even our spirituality, our faith, our walk with God, and until we really understand the principle of relationships, 
relational brilliance is what I like to call it. We will continue to have opportunities before us that our lack of knowledge will have us even miss that window of opportunity. I'm a firm believer that dreams that are not worked on are only wishes and a dream without a plan will surely turn into a nightmare. So I'll, I'll, I'll stop right there, Moses, and we can get, you know, take a deeper dive. And that we can uh, go into. So relationships as a new economy, is that just for the sake of simplicity, is that the, I get to know you, you need, I need help with this certain thing. I will then connect with you on this level. You'd help me with this thing. And then later on down the line, I can help you with something that I've experienced that. Is that the, the main, is that the sort of basis of that relational economy? Well, first I would like to say just a little, you're, you're, you're on the tip of it, but the, and, and there's so much more. I am a firm believer that we no longer, I don't know if you ever heard of the term that we're only six degrees of separation. Meaning that the person who you need to connect with or need to know to get to the next level or to help in your business and your career, or maybe even to mentor you is only six degrees away, six persons away. I am a firm believer that the people that you need to meet, whether you know it or not, that you most likely already know. And because the internet now has made us so much closer I really do believe that the six degrees of separation is now only two or three. And so getting to your point, the, the statement that you made, how does this thing work? Do I help you with this? Do you help me with that? There's another concept that I like to talk about when we deal with relational brilliance is to be able to support someone with it without any strings attached. People are even looking for mentorships without the strings attached. And so usually, Moses, when I, you would hear people talk about network, network, get yourself out there. People, if there's a networking event, people would take their business cards. You got your business cards. And it's like, I'm going out there and we're going, I'm going to find how many people loves, you know, want to purchase my product or sign on to my services. I tell people, no, develop a new concept. And I, I, it's called net weaving, meaning that when I go to a networking event, how about if you take a new concept and do not talk about your business at all? Your only desire, your only desire is to, um, your only desire is to learn and connect with as many people as possible find out about their businesses, their services, find out why they are there. And then if you could support them, if you could support them, offer them that help and the support. If you cannot, and if you know someone in your circle, that can be a blessing to them that can help them introduce them to that person in your circle, you know, in your circle, but do not say anything about your business unless they ask. So go Wait, to the, and, and, yes, I'll, it's the, it's the, so it's the idea that you are simply like a, a conduit. You are the person who are like the middleman, sort of, in a way, in terms yes. of allowing them to speak about their business and whatever they like. If they say they need a graphic designer or social media marketer, you can then refer them to a friend of yours or someone you've done business with before that can then fulfill that, that need that they have in their, in their industry. Guess what? If I find that I am in need of a graphic designer or a marketer, it will be at that point that I would exchange information and say, Hey, can we just hook up for tea? Can we have all hook up for coffee offline? Let's have a, a, a tea date so we can talk a little bit more about how we can support each other or how I can invest and, you know, invest into your business based on also what my need is. But the goal is to learn about the people that are there. Usually I find at networking events, the person is so, so focused on getting their name out 
getting their business out, introducing their project and introducing their ideas that as the person they are speaking to or talking, they're looking for that opening, Moses, to say, now I'm going to pounce in and introduce what it is that I do. And I'm saying, forget about your business and products and services when you don't. Make it your business to connect with that person, to be a support to that person, to see, okay, are they offering something that could benefit you, where you guys can connect, to, to collaborate, and to build strong alliances? And or could you connect them to someone else where they can collaborate and build strong alliances? And I find that it's a new, a new concept for most because people are constantly about building their brand and getting their own name out there. Take a new concept. How can we support each other? Whenever you even do that, what you can then do is create your own, like a decentralized network from the, from the grander network. And so you have your own little circle of people that if you need a graphic designer, you can call Paul, if you need a marketer, you can call Wendy, if you need a, you know, website designer, you can call Philip. And so you have your own, like set your own circle of people that you can trust that you know will then come through for you or that you know you can go through for them if they need you or if you need them. And so that is even a better way to create a small kind of team of people with the, that have certain skill sets that whenever you need it, you can tap into that or whenever they need you, they can tap into you. And Moses, doesn't it create more meaningful relationships when you go into conversations in that way or go into a networking event in that way because the intention the intention is I am a lover of people I am an optimist I'm here to meet some unstoppable fantastic people doing some awesome things and so let me keep my eyes and my ears open to build connections of substance and because people can feel, they can tell if you just want to shove their, your products and services, you know, down, down their throats, opposed to really having a desire to connect with them, to get to know them, to have an interest in what it is that they're doing. What are they doing to make the world go round, to make a difference, to impact their community at large or who, who, what problems are they solving? Who, how are they making things convenient for other people? When you really open up your ears and eyes to really truly connect with others, that's where the real relationships are built. That's, that is the economy that we're talking about. Not this, not superficial relationships, not what can I get and then move on to the next person. Is really about the relational build world is is really about collaborating and building strong alliances. We should be talking about this because a couple episodes ago I talked to a gentleman called uh, Brian Asenja, and he is born in Africa, moved to the United States, and what he is, what he's. Is the idea of a cashless society without in um, Africa, and creating a a singular currency for the entire uh, continent of Africa in order for people to trade easily, because as you know, like Africa, there are some countries there that are very volatile in terms of the governmental structure, and so the inflation is a real big thing, and there's also the cases of he has um, his own experience with bribery in terms of people paying someone else to get this other person through the border with them and there's all this other kind of bribery and stuff like that and so his plan is his wish his desire is to have the singular currency that can be used at all, all of africa but what you're talking about is 
instead of it being something that's physical, a good for a good, it is, it's a service for service, but it's on a more of a, anytime we need the service, I, I can be there. And anytime we need my services, I will be there. And so it's this idea of instead of, yeah, good for good, it's service for service instead. And guess what? And if I don't need your service, I may know two or three other people who does. And so now let me connect them with you whenever and to be intentional about every time. And when I say every time, every time I go to spend a dollar on a product or service, is there anyone in my circle, my network that sells this product or or offer these services? So it's about in in this relation relational economy of in this perfecting this relational brilliance. It's about us being intentional. And not only building our brand so our businesses could succeed, could soar, but it's to be intentional about helping other businesses soar, helping others fulfill and reach their dreams with their projects, their ideas, their vision, their visions, their and their their missions in life. It's a non-selfish endeavor and that you are all, not always, but you are for the most part, you're going to be healthy people who either need that help, but there is a feeling that you get when you can connect uh, person A with person C and your person B and you can, and there's just a sense of, it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I got it done kind of thing. And so it doesn't, it's not really a, a feeling such as like, I got what you, I got your service from you, but it's rather that I was able to help someone who needs your service. I was able to help them and you are the person that can help them. And so you are the bridge between those two people and it's in like being the bridge that people that, that walk across you in order to get from point A to point C, say, and near the bridge, your B. It, you, can, you can feel you have a relationship with those people. It requires trust. As if you were to walk across the bridge between, like, over a river, you, you have to have a sense of trust in that bridge, that it is secure, that it won't fall off underneath you, that nothing will that it's not an old line grid that, you know, one step and you're through the, through the, through the wood and you're in the water. And so it's this idea that you are a person that people can trust and rely on and you are a bridge between person A and person C. Exactly. I, I am a firm believer that prosperity follows excellence and that as I'm planting seeds to help someone else be successful, that it, it, it all comes back full circle because just as much as I have helped launch other people's businesses or supported the products that they were selling, then they remember who she source is and what it is that we do, or they remember Sharia, that I'm a resource to them, and then they will refer others to me. And you said something, Moses, that was so key in what I call like my four main, my four key connections in really, you know, operating in this space. And the first one is really to seek to build genuine relationships 
by developing mutual trust. That, that's exactly what you were talking about. We're talking respect, trust, understanding. And this happening by sharing something about yourself, us even asking for help. I think that technology, as, as great as it is, sometimes it has made this era a little more impersonal. And um, the second thing is that we have to look beyond perception and seek the truth. Perception is not reality. We shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but whatever we're doing in life, we, you know, we have to get past the fake news, right? So we have to dig deep. We have to fish deep to discover that hidden pearl. And it's worth that deeper dive. I tell you, it's worth the deeper dive. The third point is to become a resource to others. We were talking about this earlier, becoming a resource to others with no strings attached. I'm not scratching your back because I want you to scratch mine. I scratch your back because so many people have already scratched mine. And so this is me reaching back and reaching across to do to you what has already been given to me. And the fourth point is remain appreciative in this whole relational economy. With, because even as you and I are speaking now, I am grateful and thankful for this time that you are spending with me because there is no amount of money that you can give to me or I can give to you to put this time back into our lives. And the, I, so I'm remembering, I, this is why I say thank you to you, not only because of that I'm on your show, but you have created a platform that we both, that the both of us can be a resource to others. And this could be archived to help another person who may be wondering well, I'm offering great products and services. And why isn't this not selling all? Why can't I get past this point? Maybe it can have a lot to do with how you connect with someone. And I know I'd say four points, but I really want to emphasize the relational realness because it's really about tapping into who we really are. It's important that we continue to dream great dreams, pray great prayers, plan great plans and step out on faith and really step out on faith and follow that leading. And when you know, once again, that when we realize the, 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 the principle of sowing and reaping and that truly prosperity follows excellence, then we don't mind being in service to support other people to help them to soar. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And so in terms of connecting with people, how would you say, what would you say is, is the best way to find those people that you can then create this, you can weave this network with? People are everywhere. <laughs> people are everywhere, right? We're on social media. We go to places. I mean, well, now the world, I'm in New York City, so we got hit very heavily during, during we were in the epicenter. I live in Manhattan, so we were in the epicenter in 2020 during this pandemic. And when the world shut down, it really shut down here. And so most of us in business had to pivot because we didn't have the benefit of being able to see and touch and feel people and do business in a way that we usually have. Even for me, you know, moving into a digital space to see like where I would do workshops and conferences and events. Now, how do I now let me re-image this and rebrand this whole thing to do it on a digital platform? Whenever, whether I'm talking through on social media, Remember, it's all about getting to know the person that you're speaking with to really connect. And I think about Moses, this game I used to play when I was a little girl. Actually, my grandmother, we used to play this together. And it was like one of her favorites. I don't know if you remember the game Connect Four. Is They had a commercial, got you four across, you know. You had to get the checkers either, 
up and down, you know, one, one person was all black, um, sideways. all red. So yeah, up and down, vertical, diagonal, and whoever got four in the row, they won it. But that was the concept that I have in my head in terms of how to really connect with others. So when I, I think about the game, four across, right? The, the, the horizontal um, concept, I'm going to say, of Connect Four is you looking at your peers, your colleagues, industry allies, partners, those who share the same interests as you, just to stay connected, have those conversations. Now, remember, it's four vertical for Connect Four. Those are people starting looking at those in your network, actually, even others in organization, those that inspire you, those who motivate you, those who stretch you. They may be coaches and mentors, those who are really there to help you reach a certain level of success that you are attaining to. You want to dive in and stay connected to them. Then four down, right? We're going down. This is us being intentional committed to giving back and paying it forward. Who are those other aspiring entrepreneurs? Who are those other people, Moses, that aspire to be a great podcast host like you are now? What kind of tips? How can you reach back to the person who said, Moses, how, how do you do this? What do you think? You know, how did you get started? What equipment should I get? That's how you reach back four down to be committed to giving back to others. And this is your way of paying it forward. And then diagonal, diagonal. Now, I really love that because I call that the outliers to go outside of the box, to join programs, to different programs or associations to learn. Most of the time, let's say if you wanted to be a great podcaster or let's say a motivational speaker, you may join a public speaking organization. Why don't you, like for instance, I could join an organization that's called Moms, a group that's called Moms Who Sew, and then start to speak to them about removing the limits. You know, let's take a look at those blind spots that's creating barriers to your success. Usually you think that you have to connect with people that have the same interests. And you'd be so surprised that if you just go outside of the box and stretch yourself a bit, how much more you, you know, you can also be able to connect with people who you didn't even imagine would be interested in who who you are, what it is that you would do, and then also how you can be a support support to that. So I think about the game, connect four, up, down, or, you know, horizontal and diagonal. Yeah, yeah. And the cool thing about, I like the uh, diagonal because that's across like all disciplines, right? And so it could even be that you don't know that the people on the diagonal suddenly they become the horizontal because they fall in a way into your peer group and they're able to, you then incorporate them into your own different communities and your own different hobbies. And so you can then find even your horizontal group within that diagonal group. So using your analogy, yeah. Perfect. That that was spot on both. Spot on, spot on, spot on. How did you get into starting She Source? What is the uh, origin story of She Source LLC? Well, in terms of my background, I, I heavily am a woman of faith. I work within the ministry. At my local church, I was the president of a group called Young Women Christian Council. And then I became... Is, is what I like to say that when you do well, they reward you with more responsibilities. So then I became the chairperson of the district, Young Women Christian Council, which is about 15 churches and growing their wow. women's ministry. However, there was still a longing to also go outside of the church. And my background is business sales, business development and marketing. I work for, you know, one of the largest utilities firms here in New York City. 
and and grew a portfolio where I managed a portfolio over $450 million. So I wanted to take all the positivity and what what I was doing within the, you know, within the church, within the ministry, faith-based, but then also merge the business entrepreneurial background that I have, which is over 20 years in both industries, women's ministries and sales and business. And then I developed She Sewers. And so when I started doing workshops and conferences and events, and we've been really blessed. She source had been in so far 12 states and three countries. I've been doing these workshops and events for, you know, all over. And then interestingly enough, although this is not my market solely, I started having principals and social workers come to me asking me, can I scale down my curriculum and bring it to their schools, create curriculum for their schools and going to group homes. And then that's when it, I kind of expanded a bit and I created a program called Say, S-S-A-Y, which is She Soars Above You, where I work with teenage girls as well. And although clearly is she soars, so is a women's professional development and leadership organization, I do want you to know there are men that support us because a business is a business is a business, a project, a project is a project and an idea and a dream is an idea and then I dream, an idea and a dream. It is not gender-based, right? So I do have personal men clients that support she soars that I, that I work with so how were you able to go from being the you said you were made district head for for 15 churches is that correct correct all right so who is your mentor who would you say really helped you to go through those different stages in your life well i have a few Sheroes and heroes. First, I do give all honor to God because I tell you, even now, I have no idea I'm able to do even the things that I'm doing right now. Some of the things frightens me in terms of, you know, I'm like, God, I don't want to burn a candle at both ends of the stick. And I want to, you know, you, you want to do things and you want to do it right. I have this other line. I have tons of taglines that I use. And one of them is doing ministry in a more excellent and engaging way. I am a firm believer that we are the church, not the building in and of itself. And so I take my faith with me wherever I go. There's, you know, a singing, there's a name that I had since I was a little girl. And they call me the cheerleader for Christ. I'm a cheerleader for my betterment of my people. As a whole, hence she soars. I am an optimist, <laughs> meaning that, and the cheerleader, I, I do want to say this when people hear cheerleader Moses, they think of, you know, the girls with the pom poms and a rah rah. And it's not just that. Cheerleaders believe and see the winner in the person, even if it hasn't yet manifested itself on the scoreboard. Cheerleaders see the winner in the person, even if it has not manifested itself on the scoreboard. So even when the team is losing, you could look over at the cheerleaders and they're still saying, you can do it. And, you know, for next time, right? Because they're their champion for the original plan, purpose, promise that God has instilled, oh, I'm getting excited, instilled inside of the person, even, even, even if it has not manifested itself. So I had cheerleaders in my life, starting first with my parents, my grandmother, my mom, who was unconditional love on display. One of the things that they allow me to see, they taught me how to have a level of empathy that there hasn't been a woman Moses that I have not been able to connect with and see myself in. 
And what I mean by that is either when I meet someone, going back to the Connect Four, we may be peers, we may have that connection, we may be on the same level, or I may meet another woman and it's like, wow, she done blew me away. And she's somebody that I'm inspiring to be like, or somebody who is making me stretch because I've seen how they handle adversity with such grace and continue to triumph, or the woman I meet can represent where I used to be. And then, and then, and then, if she's downtrodden, I can have empathy because my grandmother was say it could have been me that I know that if it wasn't for God's grace and mercy, it's where I could have been had he not built a hedge of protection around and had I not had the support network that he built around. And so I'll start my sheroes, the, 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 the trinity of my grandmother, my aunt, my mom, you know, in terms of, I know in terms of planting the seed of where I am, why I'm very optimistic today in spite of where, what I see with my eyes. I still believe in, I still believe in people. I did. So that, that's incredible. You have your, yeah, I like the cheerleader example that you have. And it is, it, cause you're right. They are there to, uh, they're there to, it's to take the mind, uh, take the player's mind, I guess, off of the, the feeling of, if there's going to be a loss, the feeling of, of dread after a loss, I guess is what it would have to be in terms of if you're playing and you feel like you're starting to lose and then you see these people doing like flips and calling your name and then like that, like, okay, I can maybe, I can go for one more. And what's interesting about that is that going back, adding more to the concept of the tree leader, who, who I am is that just because you lost the game, doesn't make you a loser. You no, just lost. Right. And Thomas Edison has this famous quote that goes, I'm not a loser. I just for, I just found 10,000 ways that, that do not work. I'm not a loser. I just found 10,000 ways that it just doesn't work. And so the main thing is to get out there, play a big game. Don't sell yourself short. Go out there, give it your all, give it your best. You're still a winner. And I know because in this world, we have the you know, winners and losers and people are competitive, but I know, I know who I am. And it's not defined by the school. Whatever way it goes. That's why I can have good sportsmanship. When the game didn't turn out the way that it did, I got good sportsmanship to shake that person's hand and say, wow, good game. Good game. Good game. You made me work. Even if I win and let's say the other team lost, but you made me work for it. It didn't come easy, you know? And so I could celebrate either, either way. Not that I don't, I won't get disappointed because, hey, we do like winning. We do like winning. But it's, it, you're not defined by what's in the school. And so the cheerleader is cheering for that original plan, promise, and purpose that's inside. Yeah. yeah I, like, I like that a lot. I really like that a lot. Have there been any books that you would say really helped you in terms of shutting, in terms of setting up she soys and just helping you get through all the things that require you to be present for that. Anything that you've read lately or you would recommend for someone to read? Yes. Well, besides the Bible, right? And much prayer. I am yeah. going to, there's a book that I finished reading called The Archer. Small, short read. Nothing like what you think. The author is Paul Colejo. Paul, 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 I, I could never get his last name right. 
C O E H L. Yeah. Like he wrote I'll come back. Yes, yes, she's one of my favorite. That's my favorite book, The Alchemist. One of my favorites. I am going to tell you, I have read all of his All of his works. He wrote a book, finished a book called The Archer. It is phenomenal. Another book is called The Four Agreements. I actually read that book maybe about once a year. I will go back to read it and... Is by Ruiz. I'll get the last one. His first name is Ruiz. It's called The Four Agreements. And he also wrote a book called The Mastery of Love. But if you was going to start with anything, start with The Archer. The Archer. The Archer. It is. The life lessons in there are phenomenal. And he has a, way, a great way of writing that just when you think you're reading about the character in the book, it becomes so reflective. So it is. Reflective. So that is my latest, my latest read. Very short, very short. I think it's under, I don't know, 70 pages, something like that. Yeah. What's it about? Just like a brief summary, if you could offer it. Okay. So basically... So just real quickly, so you know the archer, the, the the guy who does the bow and the arrow. So it was a guy that came to town that wanted to learn how to master the art, to become a master archer. And he asked the former archer, who's now went into carpentry, who put away his bow and arrow. He said, what are you doing working here? You are a master. And he said, if you would just watch he said, if you would just watch me shoot bow and arrow, just one time, I'll never bother you again. He said, okay. And when you do it, tell everyone in town that look for me and you couldn't. And watch. So the guy pulls out the arch. Through. Perfect. So then he takes him out on the bridge. And but a swinging bridge. He said, now you are able to hit an apple, but the master archer, actually he hit like a grape. But he said, now I'm going to let you hit a big apple. But this time he missed it. And he was so disappointed. He said, see, it's more than being able to control your arch. But then now when the conditions change, and the ground begins to move. You always cannot control your conditions. You may not always have control of your environment, but in knowing that your environment and the conditions may change, you still have to be able to have a level of focus to, to be able to perform just as if you were on solid ground. I'm just going to stop there because I don't want to give the whole thing away, but it's, it's my, it's the way he writes my blow. It is. And it's very funny. Yeah, he is. He's one of the best in my mm-hmm. humble opinion. He's one of the, one of the best. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Some people know him by the alchemist, but it's just so many others, you know, yeah. that he's read. I read. It's so, yeah. It's very funny to talk about archery because i i am at least i have i have participated in 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 bow and arrow bow and arrow in bow and arrow hunting and i have had to like learn like your stance how to take the shot and wasn't this it's last week for my i have it's a a weekly midweek email newsletter sent on Wednesdays and I send out an email talking about archery and also about how to use the examples of, of setting your sight. Yeah, you to whenever you get a, a new bow or if you um have been shooting for a while and you want to get back onto it, you have to recalibrate your sights because over time, you know, you change, you get taller or you know, you, like your arms may change or something. 
or anything like that, any sort of difference in height, it can throw off the uh, the arrow. So you need to go get it recited. And in getting it recited, what you have to do is they usually have you stand at like like a standard one that you get like from the store. Has like these three pins. Each one represents it's 10 yards, 20 yards, and 30 yards. And so if they stand at 10 yards, you shoot it, and then you have to, they have to dial it in for you until it hits right on target. Stand back 20, do the same thing. They'll hit right on target. And 30, do the same thing. And so in writing the email, I was talking about the, uh, it's the difference between a goal and a purpose. And in writing it, I, the idea of the goal is you wanting to hit that target. You have the target in front of you, whatever target may be, you may want to you know, like lose weight. You may want to get a certain amount of money. You want to get like a, like a thousand dollars, say on your, on your side hustle a month, maybe. Right. And so you have that goal. And so how you find your purpose is by adjusting yourself, adjusting your environment, by adjusting the bow in order to make sure that the arrow will fly straight to where you want it to go. So you need to adjust that sight and just lower it or, you know, make sure you have it right on target and then you, you fire it. And once you fire it, once the arrow goes right there, if it doesn't go to the goal, from where it is, you can determine whether or not you need to go up, down, left, or right. And so you take your wrong right there, that first error that you hit off target, then you calibrate it right to center where you want it to go. And then you fire it again until it hits where you want it to go onto your goal. And so the purpose isn't the hitting the goal. That's the goal itself to hit the goal. But the purpose is adjusting your bow and making sure your bow is in the most perfect shape in order for you to hit that target. That's your purpose, to be the best you can be in order for you to hit that target. And then the goal changes. You move back to 20 yards. You have to adjust your bow a little bit to hit that right on. Move back 30, adjust your bow a little bit to hit that right on. And so, yeah, it's very, very, it's, it's, it's just, it's just God. For sure, it's just God. They should mention the... Uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. You are definitely going to enjoy the book because the other concept that you talked about to your point that you just added it's funny that we segue here that teaching anything teaching it isn't hard you you just went through the steps right the difficult thing is to practice it every day yeah until you achieve the necessary precision and that's the work so and that and that's a life lesson right commitment consistency discipline because a lot we want, we live in a microwave age. We want it all right now. And the greatest thing is about mastery, right? One of the things, and you will hear even him talk about this in the book, and this is a life lesson for us all, that what is a master? What is a master? And one of the things that he was saying, I'm echoing the bit, he said, I would say that he is not someone who teaches something but someone who inspires the student to do his best to discover a knowledge he already has in his soul. That is a master. When they can inspire, when you can inspire someone, someone who can teach someone something, but not only teach something, but someone who inspires the student to do his best to discover a knowledge he already has in his soul. That is the death of a master, which is why just coming full circle to what we were talking about with this relational brilliance, which is why we should never judge people without first learning to really hear to understand and respect them. That's the making of a good coach. That is the making of developing relational brilliance. That is the key to building those, those connections and those strong, those meaningful connections of substance 
and those strong alliances. So yes, check it out. It's not by coincidence that read this book club, you definitely have to take a look at it. You are going to enjoy it. And then we could connect it. We could connect and talk about it all oh, time at a time. It is it's an awesome, it's an awesome. That would be really cool to do. Yeah. And it's very funny you should say that it's the, the mask, like uncovering something within the student that they already had the talent for this thing. And when you said that, I recently watched, it is a uh, Creed, the, the first Creed. It's the, uh, it's the post, post Rocky video. It's about, it's Apollo Creed's son thing. And whenever you said that, that, it just reminded me of that, of, of, well, first of all, it's really interesting because it is uh creed who goes out and he he's looking like in the beginning he's just looking for someone to like to spar with to train with right he has no intention of like going big time he just wants to you know just fight just to get some more experience underneath his belt and then he ends up going to you know rocky who, who knew his father before he died and so in doing that what he found was that not only did he receive Rocky's help, but he was also able to help him through his own struggle. And also he was able to find like the core reason why he wanted to be a boxer. It wasn't just because like his name was Creed and he thought like, oh, like Creed and boxing go together like peanut butter and jelly. But it's the idea that, like, to himself, he wanted to say it was in, like, in, in third act, middle of the middle of the fight. The guy is just pounding on, on Creed, and Rocky, like, talks to him in the corner. is like, you know, I, I can just throw in the towel. I can end this. And Creed is like, no, no, like, I just need to, like, prove to myself that I'm not a mistake and that. My father didn't have this affair with this woman and have me. And then I'm just this, you know, like extra person. It's like, I can then carry my father's wishes and I can carry, I, I have his, his talent, his skill, his speed. Like I have all of this and I am a combination of who I am as well as my father. And I can utilize my father's talent, his skill that he left to me genetically. And I can use it in such a way that who I am can then shine after that and just be this incredible beacon of hope to other people who feel that they, so then they can know that they themselves uh, are not mistakes and that they can achieve great things that they have deep inside of their hearts. And instead of being someone that people would usually just dismiss and, and throw away but that they are useful and that they can create themselves into these people that can then be an inspiration to others. And so, yeah, so that fight, so it's, it's that, yeah, the, the master of covering in a student, the greatness within kind of thing. And that's, what's really incredible. I really like that. I have to read that book. Now, do you know, is that book on a, is that on audio or is it just in text right now? I, I, it's on Kindle. So you get the paperback as well as you could get it on Kindle. Cool. I did not check that. Oh, I do believe they have it on audio is I, when I read the reviews, I did read that they had, he had illustrations in there. In terms oh, that's of really nice. And so then that's what made me, so then I got the Kindle so that I can see the, the illustration that he had in the books, because all of his other books, he do not have any type. He don't have any illustrations. Of it. So you will want to get the paperback, especially since you're. Oh, uh, cool. Nice. Or you, you can, dead. you want it now. You can download the Kindle. I have it on the Kindle app and the illustrations are in the, in the digital, you know, the digital as well. Yeah. So even as, and, I, and I'll say this, even as you were talking about Creed, and this is something that was highlighted as well, is that that's why it's so important that when, when I talk about the four cross, the outliers who 
when you build those, you know, the things that's outside, I, you don't have to connect it with people that that's outside of your personal interest that may not be in line totally with your business in and of itself. Because usually sometimes when you connect with people that are doing the same exact thing and you're coming with these audacious, these big dreams, right? We yeah. talked about praying great prayer and dreaming great dreams. Then a lot of times when there, you have to be very sensitive to not listen to what everyone have to say, because usually they speak from their own limitation, which is usually laced with some form of prejudices and fear, especially when you're in the same line. Let's say you're sitting with a whole bunch of podcasters and you say, oh, I want to do this, 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 and that. They start the eyebrows start to read what Moses wants. Well, I want to do that. But it's the, the the big question mark comes in that because sometimes it's a mirror and the mirror does two things. It would either inspire a person to stretch them, to say, wait, let me connect with Moses because I think I want to do something like that too. And we can, they go to Strong Alliance, let's partner, let's get something together. Or the mirror will have them, you know, look at themselves, their own limitations instead of com coming going up inspired to be better and greater then they will project those limitations on you based on their hopes and prejudices so that's the benefit of when i spoke about the connect for earlier is connecting with people organizations and programs outside of totally different from the things that you're interest which you're interested in because guess what the the one thing that you guys have in common is that you're people and people have needs. People have things, solutions that they need, you know, problems that they need solving. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. They do not have to be in the same circle that you actually, that you run. It. Yeah. And it's, it's very hard to go out. Yeah. And it's very funny how it's people who, if you usually find this in like uh, in hobbies or in like other kind of like like individual sports, you find people who you may be someone that comes from comes from the street. You, another person may come from like uh, maybe like a, a CEO somewhere. Another person uh, might be a local restaurateur. And so whenever you like join over a singular, like a topic of interest, like photography, you might encounter people within a photography class from all different walks of life. And so as you say to that connect four, it seems to be that even though it looks as if it is diagonal in terms of the, the ranking of where you are in the socioeconomic tier. It actually, once you enter that classroom, it goes from being diagonal to being horizontal. You're all peers in terms of all the time. In this, all the time. Yeah, in this singular topic. And so even entering something that you were just basically interested in, if you're interested, say, in uh, like woodworking or jewelry making, if you were to enter into these little, little communities, little clubs, little areas, uh, little workshops, then you can be able to hook up with people that you wouldn't necessarily be able to simply because if you were focusing, say, on your, your narrow portion of marketing, you then wouldn't be able to hook up with the, with the chef who has this new spice mix coming up and looking, and he's looking for a way to, to sell that online. And he, and he doesn't know the first thing about doing that. And so you guys meet at the photography class and then you're able to help him out and then he can maybe help you out with something else in terms of like, if you want to lose weight, you can make a meal plan for you or something like that. Something that's really simple. And so it's, yeah, you're all peers at that level. You hit it. That That's it. You Exactly. In terms of going to Agno, going to those outliers, to your point, if you want to do woodwork now, ideally which is okay, and you should do this too. You may join, let's say, and I could be making this up, but I know it exists, 
like the National Associations of Car Professional Carpenters, right? Yeah. And everybody in that group. So the great thing about joining that organization, you'll learn more skills. You'll learn about the new techniques. You'll learn about different tricks that's happening in the trade because they keep you abreast of what's happening in the industry. But let's say if you were to join a photography group, meetup, you may find, although they're not part of the National Association of Car Professional Carpenters, but there's a mom in there that really love your woodwork and wants you to build her crib. Someone wants a custom-made dresser. You meet with someone else who's like, wow, I love your work. Did you do a custom coat rack for me? Yeah. And then you'll find it, it, it's amazing that when you go outside, because within the, the professional organization is all about you staying, keep it to continue to sharpen your skill. That's the purpose of joining those professional organizations. You sharpen your skills, you're around like-minded people, but when you go outside, then you're not in a group that's all competing for the same type of business. And that's the great part of going outside. You may be stepping outside of your comfort zone, but I promise you it would benefit you in the long run. Shreya, thank you so much for this conversation. I have another question for you, and that is, if you had the ability to send a worldwide text, what would your message be? Right there, that's over my shoulder. Last play. You got to work. As much as we're here to work hard, we have to play hard. There has to be a balance. Because when everything is said and done, because there is a done part, it all will be said and done. No one says, I wish I would have spent 10 more hours in the office. It's always about, I wish I would have spent more time traveling, doing things, spending more time with those that we love. So we have to remember all the things that we inspired to do, to do what we love. So my worldwide text is laugh, play, thrive, soar. Oh, sure. I have one more question for you. Sure. And that is... Has there been any black figure, whether historical or fictional, that you would say that you have looked to in terms of either emulating or for inspiration? Sure. Well, if we're using celebrities, alive right now is Michelle Obama, Oprah, I have had the pleasure of um, sitting in the presence of Maya Angelou. Wow. I've been blessed to attend one of Oprah's master classes at Radio City, which was fun, which was phenomenal. That was a bucket, a bucket list to be able to just to sit in the presence to glean, to glean things saying there. So I, I could start with um those three ladies, those three ladies celebrity-wise. Of course, I told you who my sheroes are, which is my grandmother, my, my mom, my aunt. Because regardless to whatever image someone may have on television, these women, I could taste, taste, touch, feel them. You know, they, they were a part of my Every day, they're the ones that push me. They're the ones that wipe my tears. You know, they're the ones that went apple picking with me. You know, when I'm in like a double Dutch contest, I look at the gate and see my mother standing there as I, as I went. So these are the women that has been, you know, been by my side. And then celebrity-wise, you know, those are the others that I have, you know, that I, that I, that I have gleaned in my career. Well, thank you for this incredible conversation, Sharia. Where can people go to learn more about She Soars and anything else that you're up to? Well, SheSoars.com is my website. I'm a Facebook and Instagram handle. It's also She Soars. And if you want to connect with me, you could just drop me an email, Sharia at SheSoars.com or 
We soar at shesoars.com, S-H-E-S-O-A-R-S.com. Because I'm a firm believer until we all, you know, we will all soar when we invest in shesoars. Well, thank you, Sharia. This is a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Moses. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Black Gold Podcast. Please subscribe and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the show on Instagram at the Black Gold Pod in order to be updated about new episodes each week. In order to listen to incredible and inspiring stories, please go to the Black Gold Podcast website and make a donation so the stories of these incredible and amazing people will be waiting for you each and every week so that you may be inspired and become an inspiration to someone else.